What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens, but trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Hi, let me, let me talk about talk. Said he living life as a gringo Where you question, where you fit in every time you mingle They say you do this with not enough that My rapping is really bad <laughs> This life as a gringo Yes, welcome to another episode of Life as a Gringo With me, Dramos, of course um, Man, a uh, crazy fucking week I'm coming off of uh, I apologize that I didn't drop an episode on Thursday If you follow me on uh on Instagram, you you got the update. Uh, Hurricane Ida, she fucking got me, man. Um, where I live was hit super super hard. Uh, over the the last week, um, man, from my basement, uh, flooding to the uh the the front of my property flooding pretty badly, and then um we almost had a fire in my laundry room uh where some water was getting in and actually started uh kind of sparking with one of the outlets that I had plugged in. So uh, it was a it was a crazy, crazy night. Uh, and, and then into a day where I almost wasn't even able to get away from my property. Luckily, the water went down um, in the woods that was behind my house. And I was able to get out that way uh, with my little puppy and um, and, and find uh, some some safety and get to an Uber to, to get away to my parents house uh, where I've been because I currently do not have uh, hot water in my home or uh or gas to cook um so it's just been a, a whole thing so trying to get that all situated but i still want to try and get back on track when it comes to the podcast i appreciate y'all for being patient everybody that reached out uh this one i'm actually super excited about i meant to drop it on thursday uh obviously you know hurricane like i mentioned fucked all that up but um a really good interview I, I, i'm really excited about and um it's with uh amelia ortiz who if you don't follow her on instagram she's a really dope a spiritual healer and a self-proclaimed bruja uh and she just i don't know man it's dope she just talks about healing a lot of wounds that a lot of us have that we carry around a lot of insecurities all types of things like that like doing the work on yourself and she does it in a way that like is very much feels like you're you're talking to a person that you grew up with you know she's got her her new york latina accent you know she's a proud puerto rican from brooklyn um and she doesn't try and hide those things and she speaks to you like a normal person so I absolutely love her her approach to all this stuff. Um, and this episode is going to be all about healing. I know there'll be some people who critique like, why are we always talking about mental health? And it's just kind of like, listen, you could be in denial if you want, but a lot of people in this world are unnecessarily walking around with a lot of trauma. And we all just kind of took the time to, you know, do the work on ourselves. We, um, man, we'd probably be living in a much happier world overall. So uh, I feel like conversations like this are incredibly important. And she just has a really dope perspective on a lot of things. So I wanted to share that. Um, this interview runs a little bit longer than some of the other ones that I've had. So I want to just kind of cut everything else pretty short and allow the conversation that I had with her to run in full just because I thought it was a really, really dope conversation. So we'll still get into all the stuff we normally do, like ask a gringo where you ask me questions and we'll still do a little bit of a deep dive. I want to kind of tackle um, a specific part of the conversation that I had with Amelia. I want to kind of quickly preface it with some definitions and we'll do that in a, a segment we call for the people. In the back. Say it louder for the people in the back. All 
right, so I'm going to keep this a little bit shorter than normal just because I want to really get into the interview. I just thought it was a dope conversation. But um, one of the things that we do talk about is this idea of an inner child. And uh, I wanted to kind of clearly define what that is for anybody who's not familiar with that or, or kind of maybe has heard that term in passing. Um, there's a really dope article on Healthline.com. And they, uh, they basically say everyone has an inner child. You might see this inner child as a direct representation of yourself in your early years, a patchwork collection of the developmental stages you've passed through, or a symbol of youthful dreams and playfulness. They go on to say, though, not everyone associates childhood with playfulness and fun, though. If you experience neglect, trauma, or other emotional pain, your inner child might seem small, vulnerable, and in need of protection. You may have buried this pain deep to hide it and protect yourself both your present self and the child you once were. Hiding pain doesn't heal it. Instead, it only surfaces in your adult life, showing up as distress in personal relationships or difficulty meeting your own needs. Working to heal your inner child can help you address some of those issues. And man, um, this is something I'm big on. I'm actually kind of really tackling a lot of this stuff uh, currently. And I guess that's probably why I'm so into this topic and and why I'm eager to kind of continue having these different conversations regarding mental health and, and kind of just self-help in general and doing the work on yourself. You know, um, I'm at a place where uh, I've accomplished a lot of the things that I've wanted to accomplish. And not to say that, you know, I'm sitting here saying I've done everything, you know, or that I think I'm more uh, successful than I actually am. But I've checked a lot of things off of my boxes. And one thing I've been noticing is that, you know, checking those those boxes man you know crossing those things off of my kind of bucket list they're not feeling as 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 fulfilling as I, as I hope they would you know what i mean they aren't making me as happy as i thought uh they would be you know not at least you know uh in the long run right like of course you get that momentary high and that momentary fix but um you know as the days and weeks go on those moments and those that high becomes lesser and lesser and you kind of go back to feeling the same way you were before so it's definitely something um I'm working on correcting, and we talk about this in my conversation with Amelia Ortiz, uh, just this idea of the inner child. But so many of us, man, are walking around with a lot of trauma, a lot of experiences, a lot of thoughts about ourselves, uh, and they're based upon the way that we grew up. You know, um, even for me, you know, this kind of difficulty of, of it taking so long for me to find my voice, I think, stems from a lot of insecurities that I had as a kid. You know, you know, I had a, a big personality as a kid. And I had no problem speaking in front of people. But now, you know, I, I still do get like that stage fright, uh, you know, when, when I'm put in front of a crowd or, or speaking in front of people. And before, as a, as a younger kid, it was like I was never that shy kid, you know. Um, and I think a lot of that kind of is the way that my my parents kind of reprimanded me as a kid. You know, I was a, I was a clown. I was a class clown. And kind of their only way of getting through to me was sort of embarrassing me, you know. So um, embarrassing me in front of my peers and kind of like, uh, publicly punishing me um, so that I wouldn't continue doing on those things. And I think that, you know, that kind of led to me holding back a bit when it came to my personality and and being shy about, you know, having all eyes on me. And I haven't like kind of fleshed it all out. Um, I'm actually going to be going to a program in December uh, where you like kind of uh, completely disconnect from everything for like a week and you do like a lot of this inner healing work. Uh, and I'll talk more about it as we get closer. I'm kind of excited and nervous at the same time. But it's a lot of like healing this uh, inner child um, and correcting a lot of these thoughts that we're all walking around with, myself included, that uh, affect a lot of the decisions that we make as adults and and kind of affect the way we carry ourselves and the way that we interact with people as an adult. So it's really important that we we do the work on ourselves and it's never going to be easy. But if you do take the time to kind of correct a lot of your behaviors, um, I think I'm confident that it will pay, you know, dividends for you in, in everything else that you're doing in your adult life. So with that said, uh, I don't want to take up any more time. I really want to get into this conversation that I had with Emilio Ortiz and we'll do it in our Mi Gente segment of the show. Mi gente. My guest today is a spiritual healer and bruja, Emilia Ortiz. How are we feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Well, listen, I, I want to get into to what you do. I find it to be super interesting. And I want to get your take on a few things. I mean, let, let's kind of start first and foremost. I mean, for anybody who's not super familiar with like the world of spiritual healing and, and all of yeah. that, I mean, 
How would you define what it is that you do? Um, well, I do want to just, you know, say that for everybody who is a, you know, spiritual healer, the way that we practice is going to vary from person to person. Sure. Um, for me in particular, I do a lot of energy work, um, whether that's Reiki or past life regression and a child mm. work, um, incorporating uh, mediumship, you know, via readings into all of that. So you get a mm-hmm. nice full picture whenever we do a session. Um, sure. But, you know, healing things on an energetic level, an emotional level, um, which then can translate into physical as well. Right, right. I love that. So I want to kind of get your perspective on a couple of current events that have been going on over the last couple of weeks and just kind of hear how you perceive them from your your professional perspective. If That's cool with you. That's cool. OK, so, I mean, I know that you're proudly, you know, you proudly always speak about your roots. You are Puerto Rican. You are from Brooklyn. Uh, but I mean, New York City has been changing and continues to change. Um, And there was actually an article recently that was talking about New York uh, overcoming San Francisco as now the most expensive rent in all of the U.S., uh, which is something, you know, incredibly difficult for anybody that's native to New York. But that, that means basically that a lot of its original residents will be forced out. That means that with them being pushed out, I should say, um, that a lot of the culture will also go with it. You know, I mean, I recently moved further into Jersey and I'm missing living in an area where I'm surrounded by a lot of my Latin culture, a lot of Puerto Rican culture mm-hmm. and kind of seeing people that that look like me. I mean, I, I kind of want to get your perspective why you think it's so important for for us, you know, Latinos and people of color to kind of create and maintain our, our close uh, connection to our culture. Well, you know, gentrification has been going on for a minute in, you know, New York City. Um, And I think it's super important that we maintain these spaces because it's not just cultural in the sense of like being cultural for New York City, but it's also Mm -hmm. cultural for the people. Right. Mm -hmm. These are things that helped us to remain connected to our cultures, having communities where you saw people who looked like you, who Mm -hmm. sounded like you who shared a similar culture. Um, And the other part of why it's important for it to be more affordable for the people, you know, who have, let's be real, made it what it is, um, you know, be able to continue to live there, is that we've built so much. And I think especially for people um, who are children or people of the diaspora, Mm -hmm. we made our own little kind of island in a sense mm-hmm. out of these things you know and i often have joked um about being puerto rican but being born on the wrong island right you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> um, I because that. you know and i think that's something that it's important for us to be able to maintain those communities right mm-hmm. where there is aspects of our caribbean culture in these places in the diaspora but when we are forced to have everybody who created those spaces move out because they cannot afford it we lose a part of our connection to our culture, right? For yeah. so many of us who don't have, you know, the opportunity to go back to the island, mm-hmm. right? Or whose family all left from the island, right. right? And moved into the diaspora. It's kind of like, well, where do we go now? Sure. You know, um, and where do we find that connection now? Well, we end up in spaces that do not have what we need culturally. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sure. Support wise. Um, and I think that's just, it's really sad, you know, yeah. that this is happening. Like, it's its its not okay. No, absolutely. I mean, I think you, you realize it a little bit more as you get older, the importance of, of staying connected to, to your culture. You know, I think for me, you know, once my family kind of left the Bronx and we moved into like the suburbs, you know, I kind of felt myself, I lost a lot of that culture and it wasn't until I got older and I'm searching for this sense of community and I'm searching for a bit more fulfillment in my life that once I started diving into my culture and being a part of, of, you know, different aspects of it, I really start to feel a little bit more whole as a human. You know what I mean? I think mm-hmm. as human beings, it's safe to say that we all kind of need this sense of community kind of surrounding us, you know? No, for sure. And I think, you know, part of what you're also touching on is accessibility changes, mm-hmm. right? right? When you move to a space that doesn't have people who are part of your culture, you know, in that space, right. you have to then go seek it out, right? Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, not everybody is, able to do so sure. within the same capacity right mm-hmm. and it's not within walking distance you know what right, i mean like right. you can't just walk to the bodega right you right. can't just walk to the botanica anymore mm-hmm. you can't just walk down the block and see somebody coming 
you know, the Piragua lady, you know, all right. kinds of little bits of our cultures, um, you know, that accessibility, it really does change. Yeah. I mean, I think it's funny you say that you felt like you're born on the wrong island sometimes. Uh, and, and I mean, even talking about how you, you kind of focus on healing like the inner child, you know what I mean? I think probably a lot of people who, you know, whose families are, who you know, people who are second generation, you know, first generation, whatever it is, and they, they got out of the initial area that their parents were growing up in. They probably do. I mean, that's what my whole podcast is about, feeling the sense of not belonging. You know what I mean? And I think that almost you grow up as a kid feeling lesser than at times. You know what I mean? Like you don't have anywhere to look to that you feel accepted almost. Absolutely. And, you know, it's really unfortunate because you end up not seeing yourself Mm. in anybody around you, right? Mm. Or anything around you. And that can be so damaging for us, especially as children, teenagers, you know, as we then go into adulthood, fortunately now, you know, due to the internet, accessibility has shifted in a sense where you can find community online. Sure. But that's not the same thing as in-person connection, right? right? And sure. it's it's so sad because we hear these stories, mm-hmm. right, from our parents or, or different family members about their experiences growing up. Mm-hmm. And so many of us, you know, while we may have had bits and pieces of that, as things have changed with gentrification, mm-hmm. there's less and less of that, right? And there's so many of us who are, you know, who are having kids or have kids right now and are saying, wow, my children aren't going to have the opportunity to experience that the way that I did. Mm-hmm. Even if I do my best to, you know, maintain it via family, right. they're not going to have the same experience as I did with, they saw these people as, you know, the owner of the bodega, mm-hmm. right? Or right you know, people within the neighborhood who showed an example of what they could be while also still maintaining our culture um, and these connections. And you kind of get lost, especially, I think, um, for people of color, there becomes this aspect of thinking only white people can do certain things, right? right? Or you have to be white or, you know, as close to white as possible Mm -hmm. to be able to achieve certain things. And that's really damaging for children, especially. All right. Obviously, there's a lot more to talk about. Um, Let's take a quick break, though, and we'll be right back. I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles, because life happens, baby. But you got this. Hi there. I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community, because a bit of motivation and support can go a long way. And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need and they have the options to protect the things you value most. It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura podcast network, where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we are back with my guest, spiritual healer, Amelia Ortiz. So I'm, I'm big also on pointing the finger inward sometime as well, though, because I think we also can be a detriment to ourselves and, and not kind of realize it. You know, I think that even kind of what we're seeing, uh, you know, culture when it comes to music, a lot of the music that a lot of us grew up on 
was homophobic. It was misogynistic. You know, I mean, we're seeing it with like Lil Nas X, right? And a lot of the backlash that someone like him gets. I mean, you know, um, he was controversial because he had like sneakers with his blood in it. But that was something that you had, you know, rockers doing for years, doing things like that. You know what I mean? Tony Hawk just did it in a skateboard and nobody bat an eye. But when a black gay kid does it, it's all of a sudden the most controversial thing. I mean, even somebody like the baby and all the backlash that he's getting bad bunny when he dressed in drag, all that kind of stuff. I mean, let's, let's kind of talk about what, you know, a lot of the culture that we grew up on the detriment that it also can have on us as kids moving into adulthood. You know, I think it's especially important that she touched on the homophobia. Um, mm-hmm. You know, misogyny is definitely getting, you know, it's fair play. I feel mm-hmm. like of attention, right. Um, where people really are starting to, recognize and hold people accountable um Mm. you know not as much as they should but it is making a lot more progress than i feel is being made when it comes to the lgbtq you know plus community Mm -hmm. um whether it's transphobia or homophobia there is so much projection around these things that are so damaging for children especially and even just us as adults where Mm. it doesn't allow us to be who we may really be deep down inside for Mm. fear of safety, for fear of judgment, you Mm. know? And I think this is, it's really horrible because Mm -hmm. when we do that and we make it so that people are afraid for their physical safety, right? Mm. Not just their mental well-being, but their physical safety to do these things. And they hear it over and over and over in music. Mm. We do our community a disservice, Mm. right? And we make it so that they don't feel that they have community within certain parts of their our you know their identity right sure. our cultural identity we might end up finding community in queer spaces mm. um but that doesn't always intersect with communities of color and the reality is communities of color have been had you know queer people homo you right. know like homosexuals you know everybody sure. in there were communities since forever. This is not anything new, um, you know, and it's really disheartening to see just how much we let slide, right? Mm. Because we're like, oh, well, I grew up hearing that and I thought that that was okay, right? right? That doesn't mean that it's okay just because we used to hear it all the time, right? Like That doesn't make it acceptable. Um, And I think there's that piece of when you know better, you got to do better, Mm -hmm. right? Now, it comes a point where as adults, with the different amount of accessibility due to the internet, mm. it is our responsibility to do better at educating mm. ourselves. You know, mm-hmm. I think there comes a point where you have to stop asking the communities who have been harmed mm-hmm. to educate you mm-hmm. on these things. I think, you know, there's a part of our personal journeys where we have to take that responsibility to go and educate ourselves mm. because there is so much. You can't yeah. keep yelling at people who you've harmed. Oh, teach me, teach me, teach me. Mm-hmm. That's not fair. Right. They already have to do the, you know, emotional labor of repairing, you know, whatever damage has been done. And now you want them to teach you on top of that. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, that's, that's not okay. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's this, this extra burden, if I'm not mistaken, what you're saying is kind of like we have to repair ourselves. And then we also have to educate others on how to treat us properly. Almost. You know what I mean? It's like this double burden that many of us kind of bear, whether it is a person in the LGBTQ plus community or somebody of color, it's like we bear this double burden of uh, trying to get over our own trauma from being oppressed on top of trying to teach our oppressors why they shouldn't oppress us. Basically, yeah. like, <laughs> it's, it's too much. <laughs> right, right. I, I agree. And I also think what you were talking about with not giving people the space, a safe space to be themselves is incredibly important. I mean, even if you're talking about something a little less serious um, than, than what we're talking about when it comes to homophobia or racism, but even like, you know, this idea of like, oh, that's a white thing. And I use air quotes. You know what I mean? Like when it comes to that's white music, that's a white person's way to dress. That's a white person's way to speak. It's like you're you're making people have this identity complex about themselves because they don't fit into this box that their own community is setting. Like their own community is creating these stereotypes that just serve us no value, you know? No, exactly. And I think that's something that really frustrates me, right? Is, mm. you know, I understand there's times where, you know, as a whole, like, you know, collective wise, these things don't apply to our cultures in a sense, right? We're like, well, that's not what we were taught. That's what white people are taught. Right. But there's times where, as you said, we're just limiting ourselves. Mm. You know what I mean? And we are also doing the work 
right? That our oppressors want us to do for right. them. You right. know what I'm saying? Um, and that's also where it's like we have to do better with that. Um, and we can't keep projecting mm. those things onto people in our community just because they're different mm. or do things differently than how our community as a collective right. seems to do things. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. I mean, even for you, I think you know, uh, not changing the way you dress, the way you speak, you know, all of those things. I mean, I I imagine that was, uh, you know, done obviously on purpose because you wanted to make sure that people understood that you didn't have to look or sound a certain way to do important work. I mean, kind of speak to that a little bit. Um, Absolutely. You know, it's interesting because so many of the times when we hear like healer or wellness, Mm. any of these kinds of things, we think of somebody who is polished a certain way. Right. Um, you know, and we feel that this is not something for us because hmm. this person does not dress like me right. or anybody I know. They don't sound like me or anybody I know. We right. can't relate. We can't connect. That's something that I experienced in my own journey hmm. of feeling that I couldn't connect with certain people because mm-hmm. I could not see not even people in my community in those people. Right. I right. could not find anywhere to connect with them. And it does translate over into you know, how they're able to give care for you, mm-hmm. right? Um, because it's not just that, oh, somebody needs to wear, you know, track suits or whatever, you know, baggy clothes or mm-hmm. anything or wear Jordans or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to dress exactly like me. But if I cannot find somewhere to relate and connect with you at all culturally, mm-hmm. there's going to be things that I eventually, you know, whether it's in the first session or mm-hmm. a totally other session, I'm going to have to teach you right. and educate you. And if I'm supposed to be receiving healing, you know, or receiving whether it's therapy, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is, and I'm having to educate you, that is taking away from what I'm supposed to be receiving. Right. Right. And it's putting me in the position of having to do, you know, educational labor. Mm-hmm. And that's not fair to me as a client. Um, and I think that's something that I wanted people to understand who are in this business, whether it's in healing or in the mental health field, Mm. I wanted them to see that you could still be, you know, who you were, right? right? You don't have to necessarily make yourself a certain way that then makes it difficult for certain communities that you wish to serve Mm. to connect with you. You know what I mean? Um, And I also wanted my community to understand that these spaces and these services are most definitely for us, Mm. right? It's not that it's not for us. It most definitely is. We deserve access. We deserve somebody we can connect to and relate to Mm. um, where we don't feel that we have to change ourselves in order to receive care properly. Yeah. Now, that's a fact. I mean, especially... When you talk about the stigma that surrounds mental health in the Latin community, I mean, you have to attribute some of it to the fact that we've never really seen anybody that looks like us providing help. You know what I mean? Like, I know for me, it was years before I had a person of color as a therapist. You know what I mean? It was it was like an older white woman was my first therapist. And like, while she was nice and, and educated on the subject, there were certain things that she just didn't understand. You know what I mean? And it definitely, I think, turned me off to therapy for a few years and just feeling like I wasn't getting the full experience that I needed, you know, out of therapy and and kind of feeling like maybe therapy just isn't what I was hoping it would be for myself, you know? No, absolutely. And I myself experienced that, Mm. um, you know, and there was things like I said, I ended up having to educate Mm. this therapist on. And even at times when I did that, they still didn't get it. And I'm here like, okay, now I'm now I'm paying to waste both both of our time right right right. it's like this ain't doing nothing for me (laughs) and you're not getting it so it's really not doing anything for you either and here i just wasted a whole session trying to explain to you certain things you know Mm -hmm. um whether it's about oh when they tell you to address certain things with your parents Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and you're having to explain listen i I, (laughs) we we don't do that we don't do that in this household right we gotta help we figure out well, why not? Why why can't you talk about this? Because culturally, we just we just can't. Right. And they're like, but I, but I don't understand why. Right. That, that's that's not an excuse. And I'm like, oh, okay, I know that's not an excuse, but it's an explanation. You're not really helping me navigate right. how to get around that, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, that's such a great point because it's like, 
not only are you coming from a background where like going to therapy means that you're, everybody's looking at you like you're crazy, but then imagine having to go to your parents and be like, yeah, so the therapist told me this about the way you guys brought me up. Like, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? Like, it, no, sure. so like it, it definitely is this kind of disconnect. And it's, it's definitely like it's comical just because of how common it is. And like for us, it makes sense. But it's interesting that, yeah, like these cultural uh, kind of boundaries, that I think a lot of people don't realize like it, they really do exist you know and it's important to address them no absolutely and i think that's also why so many of us get turned off from therapy you know i think there's a piece of we feel it's not for us because of what our communities say right right? everybody looks at you um as though it's the worst thing in the world Mm. that you're going to do that right or you can even hear people say oh we don't do therapy because we don't talk about those things right right? or we don't talk about those things with people we don't know sure well that don't leave this house you know all these kinds of there's always something that puts up a barrier, yeah. right, culturally for us. So then when you take the steps to then go, right, and seek this out, and here you are putting yourself out there, right, and they're telling you, like, oh, okay, wow, this you got to do X, Y, and Z. And you're like, listen, listen, you don't know the barriers that I had to right. jump over <laughs> just to get here. Now right. you're trying to get me to do something that's just, like, I already know is not going to sure. go well. Like, yeah. Absolutely. You know, so I, I feel that it's it's as well. Man, I'm loving this this conversation that we're having. This feels like a good time for us to take a quick break and then we'll be right back with more. I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles. Because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there, I'm Honey German and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community because a bit of motivation and support can go a long way. And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need, and they have the options to protect the things you value most. It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura Podcast Network, where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we are back with Amelia Ortiz. I want to address this just because it's important, but it's it's a definitely a heavy topic. I mean, we are in the midst of Suicide Prevention Month, you know. So, I mean, obviously, you know, this should be something we speak about every month just because of the importance of making sure that we are all taking care of ourselves and, and, you know, taking care of each other. Um, But I mean, let's just kind of dive into this just a little bit. I mean, from the people that you've worked with and all these things, I mean, anybody that is going through some of these dark places, I mean, what are kind of some of the things that you start with to try to, you know, remind them that, man, like you, we need you here. You know what I mean? You know, it's different for every person. Um, because all of our reasons, you know, and all the the things that have led up to this is different Mm -hmm. for everybody. Right. Um, so I really do try to treat things on an individual level when I'm approaching these things. Um, but a lot of the time, you know, I do try my best to start with, well, what support system do you have at all? Mm. Because 
as much as it's an individual choice, right, to Mm -hmm. either commit suicide or not, support from our community that is actual genuine support can be very helpful, right? And it doesn't mean that it's going to, you know, remedy the whole situation and remove the suicidal ideations or anything Mm -hmm. like that. But it can be something that does help get you, you know, moving in a different direction Um, Mm -hmm. and helping them to find a way to build a better support system. Mm -hmm. Because it can be very complicated when you feel that that's it, Mm -hmm. right? There's no point in you being here. Everything is just going to continue to be worse, right? Mm. And everything has already been so bad. You're exhausted, all kinds of, you know, there's so many things that come up when yeah. you're, you know, having suicidal ideations. Um, But it's hard to tell somebody in that situation, um, you know, that, hey, if you don't stick around, you're not going to be here for when it gets better. Right. 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 You know, that can be something that's even more harmful because it's like, Mm. uh, okay, I know you're saying it's going to get better. But like that really is like exhausting for me to even kind of think of how am I even going to do that? Right. Um, So that's also why I try to see what, you know, and help them to build a better support system because, you know, and I even say to them, you know, I'm very honest with. I am never going to tell somebody that all these things are going to make anything stop, mm-hmm. right? You can work out. You can have a job that, you know, you actually enjoy. You sure. can have so many different things, right? You can have so many things that everybody tells you to do mm-hmm. um, to not have these problems, and you may still have them. Sure. And the reason I'm honest with them about that is because that can be even more frustrating and disappointing if you do all these things, you know, quote unquote, right. Yeah. And are then still experiencing these thoughts and feelings and desires because then you're saying, wow, I'm doing everything, quote unquote, right. And I still feel this way. Sure. Something must be so wrong with me. Right. That there's no point in me being. Yeah. Um, right. You know, and it, that's why it can be so difficult. Right. Is because how do we approach this when somebody can have, you know, all the things checked off the list? Yeah. And still be feeling this way, you know, um, which is why a support system is important because these things can kind of be helpful in a way where then if there's something, you know, that's going to stop you, Mm -hmm. right, from deciding this, to do this, it's going to be different for each individual, Mm -hmm. right? And sometimes our support system can be a big source of that, um, you know, and nobody, I, I do tell a lot of people, like nobody other than you should be why you still want to be here Mm. because when it depends on somebody else, unfortunately that can put you in a position where let's say they do something right. Or they remove themselves from your life or, you know, all kinds of things Mm -hmm. that can mess you up even more. Right. You know, Um, which is why, again, like seeing that if they have a support system, it's not just based in one person. Yeah. You know, um, and you try to, ha- you have to do your best to try to reassure them that they do have like a reason to be here mm-hmm. that is bigger than their suffering. Yeah. Y- you know, um, that's a great point that, that you bring up about not allowing it to kind of rely on, on some other outside person, because I mean, we're all humans and people will inevitably disappoint you at some point in time, right? Even the most well-intentioned person will come up short at some time and um, yeah, I mean, that sounds yeah terrible to to kind of put all your your life literally in one person. And, and you know, um, yeah, it's definitely a recipe for for disaster. So that's definitely definitely really good, um, really, really good advice. And I think, yeah, I think when you bring up also the idea of somebody being able to check off all the boxes and still being unhappy, that almost makes you feel like magnified worse. You know what I mean? Because it's like, listen, I will never be happy because I have a good job. I got money in the bank. I got a girlfriend, a boyfriend, whatever it is, and I'm still not happy. That That's incredibly depressing. I feel like not a lot of people kind of speak about that. You know what I mean? This this idea, there's almost like this trauma that comes along with success, I feel like, as well. There's a lot of, a lot of kind of nuance to that that I feel like that isn't spoken about enough as well. No, for sure. And I think that's something that a lot of us don't recognize. Like, you know, I, it's interesting because so many people will say like, oh, you have to heal X, Y, and Z to become mm. successful, right? Right. I will be very honest. That's not necessarily true. You can mm-hmm. still achieve so many things and become successful in so many ways without mm-hmm. having taken certain steps to heal certain things within yourself. You know, sure. we see so many narcissistic, you know, mm-hmm. people who 
have billions and billions of right. dollars, right? And yeah. all they end up is a very successful. But yeah. I do remind people that when you don't take steps to heal certain things within yourself or address them within yourself, like, mm. you know, it, it's not always necessarily about fully healing them, but addressing these things and being aware of them. Sure. You can end up in a position where you're not able to actually enjoy your success, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And you know, money's not going to make you happy. You know, money is definitely going to make it so that you could pay your bills and right, not make be it stressed easier. about those things. It mm-hmm. definitely does make it easier in that way. But it's not necessarily going to be what makes you happy. Sure. You know, um, it can solve a lot of your stresses. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think we need to be transparent about that. Yeah. But money is not necessarily the source of someone's happiness. And so many of us will chase that, especially if you're somebody who grew up where money was scarce. Right. right. Yeah. You think that the more money you have, right, the, the better you're going to be. You're not going to be depressed anymore and mm. all these things. But then you realize that, yes, money took away the stress that money related stress brought Mm. in. Right. But it did not provide you with happiness. Right. And it's put you in a position where you are just continuously seeking the next thing over and over and over. Right. right? You kind of have this obsession with the next destination. Right. Mm. As opposed to being able to embrace and enjoy the success that you have. Right. Mm. And enjoy. Oh, wow. Like. I was able to do that, yeah. right? I was able to do that and look at everything that I, you know, have accomplished. Like, wow, that's amazing, mm-hmm. right? And being present for that. So many of us are then now jumping to the next thing. Yes. And those are things that we need to address within ourselves, mm-hmm. you know? Um, because otherwise, our success can be something that really ends up doing us a disservice. Mm-hmm. Because we'll say, I've, I've done all this yeah. and I'm still not happy, right? Right, right. Because you weren't able to be present and enjoy yes. what you actually did. Yeah. No, that's that's a, a great point. You're you're touching close to home for myself personally. I'm sure a, a lot of people uh, out there. I mean, so uh, I, I could talk about this forever. But one last thing I want to talk about with you is um, something I've seen you consistently posting about on your social media. Um, and that is basically, you know, embracing and appreciating every part of yourself. I mean, you've been you know, kind of documenting your journey into being a new mom uh, and, and talking about how after giving birth um, that your body has new curves, you know, and, and I want to talk about kind of, you know, the part of healing where you're and, and how important it is and how we can find that same appreciation for ourselves that you have found for, for yourself and, and this change in your life. Absolutely. Um, you know, it, it's interesting, especially with this whole snapback culture. Mm, um, right. Th- there are, it's interesting because there's so many different cultures that so many of us feed into, right? right? Whether it's snapback culture, success culture, mm-hmm. all these things that can do us a disservice mm. if we're not mindful of how we're engaging with them, right? right? So for me, the only thing that I really wanted to snap back, you know, just for context, was my insights mm. i just wanted my <laughs> insights to go back to where they needed to be <laughs> i wanted my you know universe to go back to the sure. size it needed to be right. back where it, just all those things right. i wanted that to be okay right. i wanted my you know i didn't want to have um diaxis rexi which is where your ab muscles have you know separation mm. all kinds of things i didn't want those things right. right my focus was on that stuff being better and accepting that there was a body that i had prior to having this baby mm-hmm. right and now I have this new body that is not just supporting me, but it's supporting my baby, mm. right? It's supporting my child. This is a new part of my life journey. Sure. And so with that, I need a new body, mm. you know, in a sense. Um, I need to have more to me, a little more, you know, I need to be a little more solid sure. to be able to pick up my baby comfortably mm. or have somewhere for my baby to, you know, rest on me comfortably. Right. Um, and I think that's something that we have to take into consideration when we're healing these things is accepting we're going to be different in every part of our journey, mm. right? Different ways that we show up in the world, different ways that we show up for ourselves and are presented to the world and presenting, you know, to ourselves. Mm. It's always going to shift. Yeah. You know, I, I really do look at us as shapeshifters mm. in that way um, on an internal level and external. It's not just our physical that's going to shapeshift. Sure. But who we are internally will shapeshift mm. over time, right? Mm-hmm. And if we can learn to focus on accepting and being present for who, you know, and how we're showing up in the moment yeah. and why and the purpose of that sure. is something that can be so helpful, yeah. um, you know, and it's interesting because I have really been able to step into this 
uh, with ease compared to some people. Um, you know, and all of our journeys are different. All of how we're going to experience things are different. Um, you know, but I was able, I, I really do feel that I was able to do so because I accepted that this was a new journey. Mm-hmm. And with this new journey was going to come new things, mm-hmm. including a new physical shape, sure. right? A new mental state, um, you know, all kinds of things. A and, new life, essentially. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I, some people, it's it's kind of interesting. I know everybody wants to lose their stomach. You know, this is a good example. Everybody wants to lose the stomach right after the baby, right? Mm-hmm. I have really found purpose <laughs> in having <laughs> a little extra tummy, um, a little extra chichos because... <laughs> My baby is 19 pounds already at only five months, okay? <laughs> so I need a little extra shout sure. to be able to rest the baby right. up, you know. Um, and even after I first had my baby, you know, yeah. I was kind of thankful that as much as my stomach went down relatively quickly through breastfeeding, right. there was still enough of a shelf to rest my baby on because I was right. still physically recovering, you know? Like right. Birth is a whole thing. Like, my body was still like, oh, girl. <laughs> that okay like yeah. all right now you know um and i think we have to kind of apply that to different parts of our life right is accepting that certain things are going to show up to do us a disservice right like mm-hmm. sometimes things are going to show up to kind of hinder um our ability to do things right and then there's going to be parts that show up to do us a service mm. you know and it's about being present for which things are which you know right. and accepting hey, this is showing up to actually do me a service. And maybe it did not look like what I thought it was going to look like, Mm. you know, but it's actually helping me. Um, Or, hey, this is showing up, you know, to kind of hinder me, you know, and things are going to show up in, I think, both parts, you know, equally, right? Right. We're not going to just have all these things to show up and help us out. Mm -hmm. You know, there's going to be things that show up to kind of do us uh, the service and hold us back and hinder us. Or put us in a position where we need to ask for help. You know, that's right. how I also try to look at those things um, as, okay, this is showing up as a way to let me know that I need to ask for help in this area. Right. You know, um, even in life, there's times where like, you know, my anxiety or my depression have shown up, um, you know, in times of su- success. And I've had to ask people in my support system, you know, or in my community like hey i need communal care with this Mm. and i really need some help with this um it's not always easy to ask for help sure um but i think it really is something that if you can kind of look at you know these things showing up for that purpose Mm. that can be a lot more beneficial um as opposed to looking at it as wow this is a problem that just i have to solve that's showing up to you know mess me up and things like that wow no this is an opportunity for me to lean into my community Mm. right because humans by nature we are communal beings you know Mm -hmm. and sometimes i do think that these modern uh ways of living push us into a position of having to lean back into what we by nature want to do Mm. right which is be communal Mm -hmm. um and receive support from our community But unfortunately, we can't do that, right, instinctively all the time anymore because we're living in this new society right. that goes against that. Mm. Individualism yeah. is so big, yeah. right? Um, and so we're kind of being forced, you know, to have to do something that is in our nature but doesn't always feel so natural. Right, because we're trying to almost a lot of times like give off this idea of perfection, right? Because society, social media, culture, all of those things has like, created this idea of just displaying your highlight reel and you know what you're saying is that when what when we should be leaning into community and asking for help from those around us we are held back from doing that because you know the way society is set up now that shows a sense of weakness and it shows that we aren't perfect you know what i mean and yeah i mean there's so many detrimental things to that and i love how you're saying just embrace those things i mean it reminds me uh, of this book i'm reading by joseph campbell and he just kind of talks about Easter, and I'm not here to shit anybody's religion, but he talks about <laughs> religion as more of just like symbolism rather than actual factual mm-hmm. dates. You know what I mean? But talks about Easter and the idea of like Passover and and stepping into like a new life and leaving the old one behind. Uh, and that's kind of mm-hmm. what we have to do is leave the idea of the old life behind and to in, in order to make space for our growth and inevitably this new life that we're we're all going to be taking on as we get older. You know, whether we want to or not. And and the beauty is embracing it. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. Because, you know, change is going to happen sure. whether you want it to or not. <laughs> absolutely. Like it's it's going to happen with you or right. without you. Yes. You know? <laughs> That's a fact. 
Well, Amelia, I mean, it's been incredible to get to connect with you and have a, a conversation. I, I feel super inspired by it. Uh, I enjoyed it very much. Um, I mean, where can people check out more from you uh, and follow you on and all that kind of stuff? Keep up what you're doing. Um, you can, you know, keep up with me on Instagram. On my uh, social handle for that is at ethereal.1 or one. you know, low level entendre. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, listen, thanks again for hopping on. Hopefully we can uh, do this again sometime in the near future. Absolutely. Thank you again. All right. Big shout out to my guest, Amelia Ortiz. I love that whole conversation. I know I got a lot out of it. I hope y'all did as well. And with that said, let's take some questions from y'all uh, via my Instagram at DJ Dramos. I post some questions out there if you want to be a part of the show. And we'll do it in our Ask a Gringo section. Ask a Gringo. All right, so for our Ask a Gringo segment this week, I told everybody I would make it anonymous because I, I kind of got into some personal stuff where I got some personal responses and I don't want to violate um, you know, anybody's privacy here. Uh, and I made it clear there was going to be anonymous when I asked the questions so people could feel comfortable. Let's start on the, on the lighter question because I asked a couple questions. The first one that I posed to my followers uh, was, uh, what do you feel about, about therapy? And uh, one of my followers said, uh, it's a lifeline think everyone can benefit from therapy to some degree. Absolutely. I mean, I think it definitely is uh, a lifeline, you know, for for myself, including for a lot of other people, obviously. I mean, just having somebody, having a judgment-free zone, I feel like is is so important. And having somebody who can help you just make sense of your thoughts is incredibly important, you know, and, and kind of helping you realize, you know, what you're actually thinking and what you're feeling. Because a therapist doesn't actually just go ahead and tell you this is what you should do. Like they really just help you flush out, flesh out a lot of the ideas and thoughts that you have in your head and allow you to really see kind of what it is that you're thinking and, and feeling in that moment. And it brings you a lot of clarity. You know, those conversations, a good therapist at least helps bring you a lot of clarity in my opinion. Uh, and and, and uh, I don't know, for me personally, it has been something that's been incredibly important. Uh, uh, I mean, obviously, like I, we talked about in my conversation with Amelia, a good therapist and one that you can relate to is incredibly hard to find. Um, but I have had, you know, at least one that I really, really connected with that I felt was super helpful. And, you know, I felt the effects of, of his work with me, um, you know, till this day. All right. One of my followers said, I wish people stopped acting like therapy was necessary for everyone all the time. It works for some. Well, I mean, listen, everybody's entitled to their opinion, but I don't see why you are so upset about that conversation. I think we got to realize here. Obviously, anything gets exhausting. People are like, oh, well, you're just talking about mental health because it's a popular topic right now. Uh, and no, I think I think you're missing the point. The reason why this conversation is happening so often right now is because the stigma is being removed from it. You know, like as a society, we're becoming more accepting of the idea of therapy and, and talking about our feelings and acknowledging what's wrong with us. And that means that we're healing. We're moving towards a place of healing. And it's important for us to be having these conversations. And listen, I personally believe that everybody could benefit from therapy. Not everybody necessarily needs to go every single week. But I think we all could benefit from having somebody to speak to who's like a trained professional, and who has an unbiased opinion to help us with different points of our lives, because we all go through hardships and having somebody there to talk to that is a trusted source, I think is beneficial for everybody. And this idea that only works for some, I mean, the thing we have to remember also is, and we've talked about this a lot in this episode, a good therapist that you connect with is hard to find. You can't just go to a therapist, pay them and expect that to be the person. It is a lot like dating. You know what I mean? you got to find the person that kind of makes sense for you. Um, and that's the difficult part about therapy. I think a lot of people think, oh, it's going to be this one time quick fix. And it's just not, you know, um, for a lot of us, we'll be in therapy our entire lives and that's okay. And also for a lot of us, it's going to take a while until we find that person that we connect with and that we feel comfortable with that really helps us heal a lot of the trauma that we have. But I would never shame the idea of mental health and therapy being a conversation because it's so necessary and critical for majority of us, if not all of us. And I love that we keep talking about this stuff. Um, and it's not something we should be looking down upon because we keep having these conversations. They're incredibly important and we haven't been having them you know, enough in, in the past. All right, so for this next question, I ask people, what is something that they need healing from, essentially? You know, what type of healing do they need? And this got really heavy. Um, and I, since I'm not a professional, I don't want to get into certain things. But just so you don't feel alone, multiple people talked about 
you know, trauma when it came to um, sexual assault and molestation and things like that, you know. Uh, and I just I bring that up because I think it's important that we all understand that, you know, uh, we're not the only ones going through these things. You know, I think it was Ryan Holiday on his podcast was saying something like this. And it's been helpful to me, especially in this experience of like, uh, and this is nearly as traumatic as what I just talked about. But just, you know, for the sake of example of what uh, has been going on with me the last couple of days, I've been able to be in a good headspace, even going through this whole process of like my brand new property that I just bought having destruction um, because what's happening to me is not unique. You know, it's not unique in the way of like this just happening to me. And it's not something that says something about me. There are so many hundreds and thousands of other people right now going through the same exact thing and some worse, some lesser than than me. You know, I mean, uh, my neighbor personally, I can look right next door to me and see that she had so much more destruction than I had, uh, you know, when it came to this flood. And you know, we're all in this together. You know what I mean? And and I know for me, it was like easy for me to be like, of course, my luck, you know, I buy uh, my first property and within the first six months of owning it, um, we have this devastating flood in the area that like hasn't been seen for over 10 years. But that kind of stuff is just like negative headspace of like, I feel like I can't have anything nice. Like I start getting into this place in my in my head. And it's really helpful to remember that like, I'm not alone in this. You know, this happened to a lot of other people. We're all sharing in that same kind of trauma from this situation. And there's just something comforting about it, at least for me personally. I can't speak for anyone else, but definitely those those topics of like, uh, you know, sexual assault and molestation and, and things like that um, and manipulation when it comes to, to sex, you know, things like that, or uh, a few people talked about that in my responses. So I just want to make people aware of that, that you're not alone um, in going through that and you're not alone in, in feeling like you need to help you kind of, you know, uh, properly deal with and process those situations i think um this one was kind of like a, a tongue-in-cheek joke if i know this person but i think it is an interesting point it's like funny but at the same time it's real for a lot of people uh my, my follower said uh, my love for toxic women is something that he's trying to heal from and it's interesting actually because i think that a lot of us and this goes back both ways men and women like we'll find ourselves at certain points in our lives kind of chasing after the wrong person or chasing after people who don't treat us the way we deserve to be treated. Uh, and I think a lot of that, you know, I'm going to speak from my own experience stems from like, maybe this woman represents like uh, a girl I had a crush on when I was growing up that wouldn't give me the time of day, you know, and now like as an adult and now having, you know, the confidence based upon like whatever it is, like my career or my success that I feel confident enough that I can like get this type of girl. It leaves you in a position to like, allow yourself to be vulnerable to be not being treated the way that you deserve to be treated. You know, that you keep going after this person because they kind of represent this, this idea of something that you're not supposed to have, or that you've been told you're not supposed to have. And you kind of want to like prove maybe your, your childhood, your teenage self wrong and, and maybe prove some other people wrong that like you can have this uh, type of woman or this thing that you've idolized uh, for, for so long that kind of seemed unreachable. Um, and man, yeah, I think that's something I had to, I definitely had to to kind of get over it and be very clear of like, you know, does this person and the way they think, the way that they carry themselves, the way they operate uh, in life and the way they want their life to kind of pan out, does it even align with the way that I kind of see my ideal life happening? And that was super helpful for me, you know, like it might be like, let's say a woman who like is constantly always wanting to be out in the club and always wanting to be seen, and always wanting to have attention and for me, it's like I don't see that being the future of my life. You know, like uh, I'm somebody who obviously I was a, I'm a DJ, so I, I work in the clubs and things like that. But it's a workplace for me. You know what I mean? I'm not going there to get attention or or to be cool or to be seen or to get some sort of pat on the back. You know, I'd much rather spend my free time, uh, you know, when I'm not working at home, just relaxing, you know, and that's the type of partner that I would want to you know share my life with or somebody who wants to travel with me and really have actual experiences and not just be doing things just to be seen or to get some sort of notoriety. Um, so once I kind of started breaking down things like that in that manner, it became a lot easier to kind of walk away from these toxic people in my life. And not only just like uh, when it came to like love interests, but even friends, you know what I mean? And and friends that weren't really friends, uh, you know, they were just kind of like people that made sense with a, a certain type of lifestyle, you know, or had like some sort of notoriety. But at the end of the day, when it comes to my long-term vision, once again, they really add nothing 
for me. So it's just something to, to kind of keep in mind. I think I'm actually going to do an episode about this. Um, I won't say with who, but one of our other Michael Tura uh, podcast family members, we're going to, I think, do a crossover episode. So stay tuned for that. And the last one I asked my followers was um, just like generally any questions you had for me about healing. Uh, and I wanted to just read one of them real quick. And I think this one we can say the person's name. I'll shout out at Mikey W718 asked me, uh, what has the healing process looked like for you? Um, I, I want to first and foremost say it is completely ongoing. You know, there are things I notice about myself when I'm placed in different situations that I'm like, damn, I need to kind of address those issues because they are coming up whenever I'm faced with, you know, X, Y, and Z type of situation. Um, but I think it's it's being as open as you can. And listen, I mean, we all kind of have egos. We all get a little bit defensive sometimes. So it is a bit tough to kind of recognize sometimes some of your own faults. Uh, but I try to be as open as possible. You know, I try and surround myself with content that encourages me to grow or that talks about kind of tough things that like maybe will resonate with me and, and make me kind of realize like, oh, shit, I, I do kind of do this and it's probably not a great thing. You know, um, I would say like 80 percent of the content that I ingest is like some form of education or like self-help type of type of content, you know, um, just stuff to inspire me to maybe dig a little bit deeper, you know. Uh, from the podcast that I listen to, to a lot of the YouTube stuff that I check out, uh, to the books that I read, the majority of it will be stuff that is like kind of introspective and makes you think a bit um, and kind of maybe challenges some of the ways that you're thinking. You know, so for me, that's what kind of healing looks like. And then, of course, therapy. I've always loved going to therapy. Um, I'm in between therapists right now because I just haven't been able to find somebody that I truly connect with, I feel like, or that is uh, really adding a lot of value. But it's something I'm seeking out, uh, you know, or programs that I can seek out that do a lot, that have to do with healing. You know, I'm open to a lot of things, you know, and un and I'm understanding that like some of this stuff might take money. I have might have to put money into my own healing, and I'm open to that. I'm making my my healing a priority. You know what I mean? And that's a part of my process as well. Whether it is actually taking the time to do things that help me, and sometimes listen, I'm not great at it. I'll get caught up in like a, a crazy work week or whatever, but really trying to take the time to like make myself a priority and make my mental health a priority and my healing a priority you know that's a part of my my process right now dramos uh via instagram i'll be posting those up uh for each episode that we drop and with that said let's uh let's kind of you know make a nice little summary tie everything up with a nice neat little bow that we learned in today's show and we'll do it in a segment we call conclusion stew Mm. All right, I want to keep this uh, short because I know there's been a lot going on in this episode. Uh, and I feel like we kind of talked about, you know, everything with my guest, Amelia Ortiz. So big shout out to her. But I just think the biggest takeaway that I had from it, from her conversation, my own experiences, um, that is that the work never stops, you know, and I don't want you to get uh, kind of jaded or to get discouraged would probably be the better word. Um, if it feels like, you know, when you correct one thing, another thing pops up or if it feels like this thing that's bothering you never is really going away, you know, or therapy's not working as quickly as you hoped it would or whatever it is. Right. Like, I just want you to find this acceptance that the healing process never stops. Like we're always trying to improve, you know, um, but it is incredibly important that we do whatever it is that we can, whatever is in our power to heal some of these wounds. You know, I mean, we've all experienced something in childhood. Some people have experienced incredibly traumatic and violent experiences. Um, and others just maybe have had experiences that have contributed to their insecurity or, or whatever it might be, you know, and recognizing that like, man, as kids, we're in this developmental stage and everything that happened has some sort of effect on us. And I think, uh, allowing ourselves to recognize the fact that we're probably carrying around a lot of things from when we were kids um, and understanding the importance of going back and trying to correct whatever we can or or trying to at least put in the consistent work, uh, you know, towards healing ourselves from those past things, like how important that is. Like so much of our adult life is based upon our our past experiences. You know, I just think it's important for us to to be open to finding ways of of healing our wounds uh, and just kind of getting a grip on on life in general, you know, and, and doing what we can to make ourselves as happy as humanly possible, because we all deserve to be happy. And again, it's going to be an ongoing process, uh, a difficult one and a long one, but it's absolutely 
worth it. You know, like you deserve to to be happy and you deserve to be as healthy as humanly possible, both physically, but also mentally. But we got to put in the work and that's in every single aspect, the work on ourselves and also being an example for others in our community um, to just be better. You know, that was a big part of it as well. We, we talk about how much of the things that are normal for our culture are, are incredibly toxic and, and, you know, we have to be that change that we want to see at the end of the day. We have to be better for ourselves, but also we have to be better for our community and, and keep in mind that our decisions affect those around us. Uh, and, and that can be either a good thing or a bad thing. It's just, it's our choice. And with that said, thank y'all so much for tuning into another episode. I appreciate all the love, all the support. You guys are incredible. Thank y'all for uh, bearing with me as I deal with the shit show that is uh, the aftermath of Hurricane Ida. But we're going to keep on pushing forward progress as always. I'll catch y'all on Thursday with a brand new episode. So then stay safe. Peace. Life as a Gringo is a production of the Michael Tura Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Professional wrestling, like real life, is full of surprises. Hi, everyone. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. And it's no surprise I can talk wrestling all day, any day. Kind of like how State Farm agents can talk insurance and help you choose the right coverage. When it comes to important insurance decisions, let State Farm support you with the coverage you need backed with 24-7 support. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.